I've heard Joyce Meyer talk about this very same subject. She gets away with it with minimal upset people. Let's see if I can too. Stay tuned. I'm Christy Code Red, and you're listening to Rebel Weight Loss and Lifestyle, where we believe food holds the power to heal or poison, and we believe our society has been misled regarding proper nutrition and weight loss. You're in the right place if you're looking for some straight-up truth, because I'm here to shed light on the lies and brainwashing that has taken place over the past five decades. Thanks so much for listening. Welcome back to another episode of Rebel Weight Loss and Lifestyle. I'm your host, Christy Code Red, author, entrepreneur, retired professional boxer. And in today's podcast, expecting a miracle when you don't want to do the work. I have been a partner of Joyce Meyer Minister for years. Uh, I love Joyce Meyer. She is one of the probably the one of the top three biggest evangelists on the planet. She's in her 80s, and uh, so is her husband. What's his name? I'm trying to think of what his name. Dave Meyer. That's right. <laughs> Joyce Meyer. <laughs> and Joyce Meyer ministry is just, it's wonderful. Joyce Meyer has an incredible story uh, about her childhood, and um, she has overcome so much to be able to do what she has done. She's written um, over 100 books, or maybe it's 150 books by now. But she talks about this, um, and I, I'm sure if, and I, I have received angry DMs before from people that say that I quote Joyce, and I don't give her the credit. I, anytime I've ever knowingly quoted Joyce, I've always given her the credit. So if I ever don't say it, it's because I, I didn't know that she'd said it. Um, I mean, there are no original ideas. There's nothing new under the sun. That's what the Bible says. So, uh, I mean, but I do want to definitely give credit where credit's due. So if you ever hear me say something about that, Joyce, you've heard Joyce say, uh, like, look, I'm not going to name off every single person on the planet that's ever said this phrase, but I will give credit if it's, if it's something I remember and it's something obvious. And I do want to, I do want to acknowledge the people who have poured into my life and who have taught me what I know. So, this is interesting because I, I have a couple of different takes on this, this subject, you know, praying for a miracle, expecting a miracle when you don't want to do the work. And, you know, Joyce uses a lot of the same examples in her, in her teachings and her um, sessions. And she talks about how people are like, Ooh, Lord, dear Jesus, please send someone to pray, to pay for Mary's rent. Oh, Mary's a single mother holding down two jobs. She's not getting any child support. She doesn't have any money for rent. Please send somebody to pay Mary's rent. And Jesus says, you pay Mary's rent. You pay Mary's rent. And that always makes me laugh. It, when, when we pray for things that we could do ourselves, we pray for things that we could do ourselves. Let me read to you. Uh, we're reading from the book of um, John. I got my blue light blocking glasses on from Swanwick because I'm a plus 1.5. So if you need blue light blockers that also have some magnification, these are great. Code red 15 for 15% off. So we're, re we're reading from John 5. A lot of you guys know what I'm talking about. The Pool of Bethesda. <laughs> One of my favorite stories in the Bible. Now I've got the New King, I've got the New King James Version, and I've heard other translations say this different. So there was this pool. It's called the Pool of Bethesda. 
And it where a great multitude of sick people lay blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the movement of the water. For an angel came down at a certain time every year and stirred the waters. The first person to get it into the water after the angel was stirred, the water got healed from whatever they were suffering from. And there was a man laying there. He'd been laying there for 38 years. This was also on this on the series, the, the chosen. This was there too. So you should go, you should go watch that. It's so good. You guys, it's so good. And so there was a man there and, and um, he says, and Jesus walks up to him and says to him, he says, do you want to be made well? Which is such an interesting question. If we stop right there for a second, do you want to be made well? I ask this question of my code red rebels all the time. And I ask questions a lot that I know the answer to. We know Jesus knew the answer to it. He obviously knew the answer. Jesus knows everything. God knows everything. And uh, that's uh, he's such a cool dude, you guys. I love the Bible stories uh, while Jesus was on the earth. He just was he was on the earth for 33 years. He's just such a cool dude. And I ask my rebels this all, all the time when I see them out in the public and I see that they haven't lost all their weight. Well, do you want to lose all your weight? And, uh, and they said, well, yeah, but, or, oh yeah, I do. Well, cause you're not acting like it. And this man, this paralyzed man, this dude, um, he was a, he, I, I, I imagine the Bible doesn't say it like this, but I imagine he was a whiny hiney. Okay. And he said, um, sir, I have nobody to put me to the pool when the water is stirred up. And when I am coming towards the water, another steps in before me. I mean, he was just whining and whining. I like when Joyce Meyer teaches about this because she goes, after 38 years, don't you think that I could wiggle my way up to the pool after 38 years? Don't, I mean, don't you think that he could have, like, I mean, this is going to be my year. I'm going to, he would be just hanging on me. There's this. It's just interesting to me how little he tried after all this time, and yet he's whining and he's crying and he's feeling so sorry for himself because nobody can put me in the pool, you know. And and I just think that's I just I, I see that all the time in weight loss. People whine and cry, and yet all these months and years go by, and you haven't done a thing about your weight. You haven't done a thing about your your um your health. Your health gets worse all the time. And yet, I, that's why I say to you, what, do you even want to lose weight? Like, why am I even talking to you? And Jesus said that to him. And so he 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 replied in what I think is a whiny voice and um, complaining and whining. And Jesus said, rise up, take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made well. And some translations have like two exclamation points. Rise up. One translation says, get up in all bold letters with two exclamation get up take up your bed and walk and immediately the man was made well took up his bed and walked i love that story and a lot of times we are praying for a miracle of something that we can do ourselves and and i'm i'm i, I don't want to act like you shouldn't be praying. I don't want to sit here and say, well, you, you know, you don't pray for the pray for everything, pray for everything, pray for everything. Don't ever stop praying, pray for everything. You're expecting a miracle for things that you could do yourselves. You're not even willing to do the work 
That's so interesting to me. You're you're expecting a miracle. And and you're you're not even you're not doing anything to work towards that. And and I do agree that you should pray. You should pray for everything. I mean, the Bible says pray without ceasing. Yes, pray for it. But you are expecting God to do what you can easily do, or you're expecting God to clean up your mess when you could easily clean it up. And I realize that a lot of you are like, well, you know, like we. God doesn't God doesn't award or reward miracles based on our behavior. We we know that. We we're not saved by works, we're saved by grace. We know that. But gosh darn it, you know, God wants to help people who want to help themselves. And that is I'm sure frustrating for God when um when we're when we're not doing we're not doing anything. And like I'll here, you know, perfect example, starting off with, with weight loss, you know, with me, you are saying, Ooh, Lord, give me willpower. Lord, give me willpower. Lord, give me willpower. Help me, help me make it through this day. Help me make it through this day. Help me not snack, but you've got junk food right there sitting on your counter. You're testing, (laughs) you're testing Every ounce of willpower anybody has ever had on the face of this planet, you're testing it. You're putting it through the test. Lord, give me willpower. But you're you're bringing that home. You're buying it. You're bringing it home. And there could be a million of things that you can say right now. Well, it's for my kids. Well, it's for my husband. My husband. Blah, 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 blah. The point is, it's right there. You have not removed the temptation, and you're paying. You're praying for strength. Does that make sense to you? You have not remove the temptation. You could easily remove the temptation. You could easily put yourself in a better position to succeed, but you won't. Instead, you'll just expect God to give you more strength. Okay. I've never seen that work. I mean, every single coach and mentor or leader that has ever left code red has gained back all their weight and even more. Do you honestly think that they have that they, I've never seen it work for them and their coaches and mentors. I gained back 20 of my 30 pounds that I lost on my weight loss transformation for my bodybuilding show. I don't keep junk food in my house. Why would you set yourself up for failure? Why would you put yourself in a position to fail? It's like going to a Mexican restaurant where the girls are having margarita Mondays and they got chips and salsa right there in front of you. And you're just like, I'm just, I'm praying for strength. I'm praying for strength. And they like they have the basket of chips right in front of you. I don't know. I, you know, I don't know how you guys do it. I have to remove myself from those. I have to remove the temptation from me. You know, you go into a strip club and saying, Lord, please help me with my lust and with my infidelity. You're at a strip joint. Get your butt out of the strip joint and back home with your family where you belong. What are you doing praying for strength to not give in to lust when you've got somebody motorboating your face right there at the strip club? Does that make any sense to you? That is the ridiculous. How about your marriage? You know, you're praying and I, I'm all for this. That That's fine. Pray for things to go well in your marriage. Yeah, we all need help in that. I mean, I've had a couple of failed marriages. I, I do could use some help, but also Maybe we could do our part by going to counseling. 
Also, maybe we could do our part by reading some books together on, you know, like the five languages of love by Dr. Chapman. Maybe we could go, we could take a personality test and figure out how to best love each other. Maybe we can uh, listen to each other a little bit better. Maybe we could do our part instead of just sitting around praying that our marriage gets better. How about we come God's way a little bit instead of expecting a miracle without doing the work? Here's one that's going to trigger people. Ooh, you ready for this one? Money. Money. Ooh, Lord, help me get out of debt. As you are buying the new coach loafers. Lord, help me get out of debt. As you're charging a $350 pair of shoes to your Discover card. Does that make any sense to you? You're asking God to help you get out of debt while you're charging up more debt. You're asking God to help you out to get out of debt while you are doing Uber Eats six times a week when you know you could save a ton of money. You could you could spend a sixth of the money, a sixth of the cost. I don't know where I came up with one sixth, but I sure threw it out there. One sixth of the cost. <laughs> if you just go to Winco and go to go get your groceries at, shop, at at Walmart and bring them home and cook at home and make your lunches. But you're like, Lord, help me get out of debt. And you're continuing to dig yourself down into debt further and further and further. You're not cutting up the credit cards. You're not consolidating. You're not tightening your belt. You're not having a talk with your spouse about the spending. You're not doing anything to change your ways, but you expect God to just clean up your mess. And yes, miracles can happen. But I think a lot of people just expect a check to just come floating out of the sky. And that would be the, the amount uh, for your, you know, for your student loan, which with this idiot uh, government we have in place, that seems to be what Biden is trying to do. But we won't get off on that right now. If you have debt, you're, I think a lot of people just expect God to have a knock at the door and laying at the door is going to be the exact amount of money for the exact amount that you owe that you continue to run up at two o'clock in the morning doing online shopping. It, can he do that? Look, God's got streets of gold in heaven. He talks about it in the Bible. He can do whatever he wants. Can he? Yeah, of course he can. But really? Really? You're running yourself into the poorhouse and you expect God to bail you out? Ooh, Lord, bring a miracle. How about you cut up those credit cards, Karen? How about you tighten the belt? Start carpooling to work. Start buying your clothes at secondhand stores. You don't need the latest shoes. You don't need the latest $250 Jordans that just came out. You can, we can, we can watch Netflix at home. We don't have to go drop a hundred dollar bill just getting into the movie theater. And, and you, I'm just going to get so many comments from people and say, well, this, well, that, well, how bad do you want this? You're praying for a miracle, but you don't want to do any work. You don't want to do anything on your part. You have got to do your part. How about this one? This is going to upset some people too. Those of you who hit the snooze button and you won't get up on time, so you're always running late. And then you pray to God that God will turn all the red lights green. Really? 
you won't do the work at all. You won't. You're going to bed late because you're scrolling through TikTok. You're not getting a good night's sleep. You know, you've eaten junk food. You drank wine up until bedtime. So now you're going to bed late. You're you're totally trashed. You don't you you feel like crap. You're sleeping like crap. So of course you're tired when you wake up. You hit the snooze button. My mom's husband hits the snooze button like six times. I've never seen anything like it. For someone who hates waking up, he does it six times. I don't understand it. I don't understand it. And and it, but he doesn't run late. I'm not talking about that. I'm just saying he hits the snooze button. I can't understand snooze people, people who hit the snooze. I just can't. I don't get it. I don't get it. But you hit the snooze button. You push yourself back a half hour late. Now you're running around like a crazy woman around the house, making everybody upset because you're rushed, because you don't have your poop in a group, because you are not organized, because you constantly have got too much going on. You won't say no to anything. So you got too much going on. You're, you're, you're just a ragged mess. You're not organized. You stay up too late. You abuse food, sugar, and alcohol. So you sleep like crap. You're not drinking any water. You're sitting at a desk all day long, not moving your body, not getting outside. And you wonder why you feel like crap in the morning. You're constantly rushed. You don't feel good. Your brain is foggy and you're praying that God helps you feel better. You're praying, oh God, help me feel better. You're the one that drank an entire bottle of wine before bed. You're asking God to help you feel better. Does that make sense? And then you're asking God to turn all the lights green so you're not later, late, more late to work than you already are. Man, you got, you guys, at some point, we've got to change our lifestyle. At some point, we have got to change our habits and actually start being responsible for our own actions. Expecting a miracle when we don't want to do the work that doesn't make any sense, especially with your weight and your weight loss. Now, we do this in bodybuilding too. You can't expect to get on stage and, and pray, Lord, help me, help me get on stage. Help me, Lord, help me help my muscles be big when you're not even out training. Like we don't address our weight problem through fitness and exercise, but I can talk about it because that's what I know a lot about. Praying that God will help you. Look, 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 you got to do the work. You got to do the work. You got to meet with your posing coach. You got to pose, practice posing every day. You got to train legs hard. You got to steady, do your cardio. You've got to do your program perfectly. Praying for God to undo your laziness is just not, that's not, that's wait. It's like wasting a prayer. It's I don't I don't understand that. You're not even willing to come come this way a little bit. You got to be willing to do your part here. You got to be willing to work for this. I say, do everything you can do, and then ask God. Look, what I cannot control, I ask you to help me with. What I can't control, I ask you. Like, for example, I left my house on time. Lord, I ask for you to, angels, guardian angels, surround me and help me, uh, just keep me safe. Keep your hand of protection on me on the way to work so there are no accidents. There are, there's no problems. We The car's running fine. We get there with no flat tire. Keep your hand of protection on me so I get there with no unforeseen uh, problems. You, I did my part by leaving on time or even leaving 10 minutes early. I like to leave early to places. I did my part. 
Now, God, you control, you help handle guardian angels. You help handle what I cannot see or what I cannot control. You're praying to not get cancer. Well, then do your part by not eating sugar and alcohol and junk food and ultra processed junk food. It would be crazy if I got cancer because I've lived my life so healthy. That would be crazy because I've done everything I can do to avoid that because we know cancer feeds off sugar. I don't eat sugar. And so I just, I think about that. I think, boy, if I got cancer, it'd be like, well, that's a freak. That's a freak thing. That's freaky. And there's a lot of people out here who get cancer and, and people are like, can't believe this happened. I can't believe it took, I can't, can't believe it didn't happen sooner. You know, I did, I, I, People abuse their bodies and their health for years and decades, and then they wonder why they get cancer. Do your part. Do your part. Do what you know you need to do. Get your health in order. Go to bed early. Stay hydrated through the day. Get a good night's sleep. Turn off TikTok. Get up on time. Get yourself ready. Leave on time. Don't drive like a maniac and cause an accident. Do your part. Don't run up your credit cards and then wonder why you got a bad credit score. Don't sleep around on your partner and then wonder why your marriage is a mess. Do your part. Do your part. Don't expect a miracle when you ain't even willing to work. There's so much that we can do ourselves. Personally, I don't pray for things that I can do myself. I don't. You know, like when, when Pat at the Elmer's restaurant, my favorite waitress, she's been my favorite waitress for years. She retired here a couple of months ago. And I know she doesn't really have a retirement because she's been a waitress for decades. And I gave her some cash, you know, a, a significant amount of cash. And I, in a note, and I said, Pat, happy retirement. And as I was closing the note, I prayed, Lord, please make it to where, you know, that it has what she needs in retirement to be able to live. Because it's hard for anybody to live in this economy right now. Inflation's through the roof. Cost of goods are through the roof. Everybody's living expenses are, are high. So I did my part by giving Pat a significant amount of cash to help her in retirement. But I also prayed, Lord, I'm doing something here, but please put your hand on Pat. Bless her for her years of service. Bless her for raising her kids and for being a good spouse and being a good dog mom and being great to her grandkids. Help her take this money, multiply it and help her live a comfortable retirement free from worry. That's kind of the way I handle things. I do what I can, and then I pray for God to handle what I can't. But I definitely do what I can. I definitely do what I can. That's the way I do it. Now, in no means am I doing everything right, for sure. I mean, I maybe get one or two things right during the day. I don't get very much right, believe me. But it does bother me when, when people expect a miracle when they're not even willing to even do their part. I, I just, I'm... I'm astonished. I'm astonished at people. And you can do more than what you think you can. There's you can you can control more than what you think. But you put yourself in these horrible situations. You put yourself there. 
Now, I'll tell you what, I, I there is another side of this, and I'll be, um, I want to make sure that I'm honest uh, always to you guys, but I want to make sure and say that there are times where I've put myself in um, awful situations, realized it was an awful situation, and then was like, oh no, I'm in an awful situation. And I had to cry out to God, Lord, you're going to have to help me out of this. I am, I, and I added, I repent and I asked for forgiveness and I repented and I said, dear heavenly father, I am so, I didn't even see this coming. I am so sorry. He knows my heart. He knows I didn't willingly, like, for example, I was with this guy and he was horrible. Um, he's the one that beat me up when I was 18 years old, 18, 19. And, um, I was in a department store with him and he was stealing you guys. And I did not know it. He was stealing a, he stole a three piece suit. He went to the dressing room and he put it under his clothes and he walked out with it. This was before those security sensors. And I didn't even know it. I didn't know it. I didn't know it. And I was a part of it and I didn't know it, but he was incredibly manipulative. He didn't, you know, he was, it was awful to me. Um, and if I would have known it, I would have, you know, tried to get myself out of there, but then where am I going to go? I, it was awful. And at that point, when I realized I'm I'm now going to be considered an accomplice, even though I, I didn't know he was doing this, um, I was so incredible. My dad was a cop for crying out loud. I mean, it was so incredibly humiliated. It was he's he's a horrible. He still he was and still is to this day an evil evil individual. And uh, I I I remember realizing I'm now in a situation where I am with this guy who's stealing, and I cried out to God, Oh my Lord. Please get me out of here. I had no idea who was doing this. I didn't want to be involved. I don't want to be a part of this. I know this is wrong. What do I do? Help me, God. Crying out to God, you know, that kind of thing. Um, you know, uh, there are there are situations where, gosh, one time I was caught driving across country with my niece um, I, in 2009 when I left New York City and I drove me and my dog Champ uh, across the country from New York back to Idaho. I had a U-Haul. Well, my then 10 year old niece uh, rode with me in the U-Haul. Her mom flew her out to JFK. I picked her up, flew her unaccompanied minor. Oh my gosh, this was back in the day, you guys. Anyway, um, flew her back. I mean, flew, flew her to um, back east, picked her up at JFK, and then put her in the U-Haul. And then we did a fun five-day trip across the country. We stopped at Mount Rushmore. We did all kinds of fun things. And there was a really severe ice storm that we got into. We were stranded on the side of the road. The the, the highway was was closed and the U-Haul was getting really cold and my niece was getting, it was shivering and she was like, <laughs> you know, and I, so I, I was able to get us to a hotel um, and she was cold. Something was wrong. I'm trying to remember what it was that was made her so cold. Uh, anyway, I, I ran her into um, into the hotel room and started running out hot bath water for her. And she was like uh, almost hypothermic. I mean, it was really scary. Uh, what was it? I don't know. Something happened. Maybe we got locked out of the U-Haul or something. Anyway, we were caught in an ice storm, really cold. Got her into a, um, got her into a, the bathtub and was just praying as hard as I could. Lord, help me, help me, help me. Lord, help me with my niece. Help me, help me. Like, please warm her up. That wasn't something I got myself. I didn't get myself into that mess, you know? And, and, and again, God doesn't re reward us based on, you know, uh, our, our acts, you know, we can't earn better, more rewards from God. But I, I think when you, you know, when you're not willing to come his way at all, 
Why, why, why is it? Does that make sense to you? Does that make sense to pray for a miracle when you're not even, and I needed a miracle for my niece. Um, and I was caught in a situation where I did not put us in that situation, but I was crying out to God. So I don't know. I think that, I don't know if any of this, this podcast is making sense to you, but definitely the body bottom line is don't pray for a miracle. Expect a miracle when you're not even willing to work at all at it. That, that I know that doesn't make sense to you. I know that does. It's like, it's like a, it's such a victim mentality. It's such a, um, a socialist mentality where you just expect the rich to take care of you, or you just expect the elite to take care of you. It's such a socialist attitude. I can't stand that. I can't stand that. Do your part, do your part, do what you know to do. And God will take care of what you don't know. Okay. God will take care of the stuff you can't control and he'll take care of the unknown. I hope you enjoyed this, uh, this episode of rebel weight loss and lifestyle. I'll see you guys on the next one. Thank you so much for listening to rebel weight loss and lifestyle. If you are looking for some hardcore accountability to get and keep this weight off, look no further because I've got VIP connection. This is the ultimate connection to me just short of me sleeping on your couch. You're going to get three daily messages from me in real time directly to you. You're going to submit your weight every Friday. We're going to go over it in a weekly meeting on Sunday nights, and I'm going to give you feedback. You'll have access to a monthly VIP breakfast with me and Boise, a monthly VIP supplement box, access to any workshop, any PDF promo that I hold for that month, You'll have access to the ringside membership. And best of all, you'll have a fully customized nutrition program written just for you. We're talking about over $3,000 total value for $3.97 a month. And you can cancel anytime. Go to coderedlifestyle.com forward slash VIP to check that out.